Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. He hates plus-size women. Mm. I-, I hate that term, so he hates women in general. She's dying. She's dying. <laughs> Quite clearly, she needs to eat something. <laughs> I was told that I was not good enough for too long. Hi, I'm Keshni Kemp and I'm the editor of Who Magazine. This is our podcast, Raw Talks. Raw and unedited, we'll peel back the layers to reveal the friend, the mum, the wife, the partner, the person behind the brand. This week, we're speaking to Robin Lawley. Robin opens up about being trolled at eight months pregnant, about girls still starving to make it in the modelling industry, and about raising a strong daughter. Joining us this morning is Robin Lawley. Hi, Robin. Hi, Keshni. Welcome back. How are you going? <laughs> you are living in New York at the moment. What's the biggest difference between living there and living here? <laughs> uh, everything. Um, probably the weather, obviously, and just the pace of New York, but... I'm upstate, so I, ha- I live in a beautiful area. So it's not too different. I'm getting, mm-hmm. like, it has the foresty vibe, so I like it. The city was so much fun when I was, like, by myself. But obviously when you have children, it gets a little bit more complicated. Um, and I just wanted to give her, like, trees. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I moved upstate for that reason. It's funny when you have children, your yeah. whole perspective changes. The yeah. dream would be to live in New York. But when you've yeah. got a kid... Yeah. It's grass and trees. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, things. please give me some nature. Please, please, please. Yeah. And I first met you just after you landed the Vogue Italia cover in 2011. <laughs> yeah. When you, I was working wow. in television wow, and you came so on the show. Wild. So we've known each other a long yeah. time. Wow. And even then you were super confident and kind of on a bit of a mission at that point. Do you, when you look back at that, at that point in your career, do you think you've changed an enormous amount or do you think you're pretty much quite similar in how you felt about the industry and um, and what you were doing for work? Uh, I think back then, I, yeah, I was really determined. I had felt um, silenced for too long. I'd felt um, bodies were dictated how they should look through media's eyes. And I was told that I was not good enough for too long. And I just felt it wasn't right because I would see these women. I'm like, you're so beautiful. I don't understand what's going on. Like, why do you have to be this ridiculous size? It just makes no sense. Um, So I stuck by that logic. I have amazing, strong, independent women in my life and I look up to them. And yeah, I'm very much a different person now, um, but I'm still the same person with the same beliefs as in I believed what I was standing for back then and I believe it now. I think all bodies should be represented. I think diversity is beautiful. And I think it's boring to have one body type that everyone aspires to be. Yeah, totally. A lot of people say you're responsible for the change in the way that we are inclusive in Australia. I've read, I was reading about it this morning. That's really like a compliment. It's a huge, but (laughs) you deserve it because it's something you've been going for for such a long time. How does it make you feel to think that you've actually made girls feel just more included? Uh, That makes me feel really grateful and I'm just, wow, that's super thankful. Um, I also know there was a lot of women before me that were paving the way too. Um, 
and I'm thankful to those women as well. It's not just me. It's it's so many other women joining in on this. And that's the thing. That's why we've seen such change. I'm blown away. If you told me 10 years ago half the stuff I'd, I'd done, I just would have never have believed you. Mm. Like going on Ellen. I'm so, yeah. I'm going to fangirl her so hard right now. Yeah. How, what was it like being on her show? Yeah. In the presence of someone like that. Yeah, she was really sweet, actually. She was a lot more um, down to earth and quite, like, quiet. It was like surprise, but I was stoked to be on that show. And she had a Porsche does modeling, used to do modeling. Right. So that's why she was really interested in it. And right. um, yeah, she, I think, has the same belief as I do. Like, I think we need to see diversity. Yeah. And did you ever think that taking the stand and, and being heard in that way would pigeonhole you, that you would become a poster girl for and then, you know, modeling's your livelihood. Mm-hmm. So if you weren't modeling, you wouldn't be paid, you wouldn't be feeding yourself, your family, et cetera. Did you ever worry that being that girl would, would take away those opportunities for you? I, um, when I got into the job, like modeling was a lot different. Plus size models where you did this really tokenistic side. You, I got dressed to look like a nana most of the time. Um, given really baggy clothes and we were kind of just the laughing stock of the fashion industry. So it was quite horrendous in the beginning. Um, and as time went on and the more fashion got involved and we were getting actually good photos, um, yeah, the industry just changed with us and they actually took us seriously and could take, you know, amazing photos for once. And I was a really – I did both. I've always been really interested in behind the scene so I could see the problems I could see that I'm like I could take a really beautiful photo of that girl and you can't why so I'd get my camera out and do it I did all my own swimwear campaigns for my own brand I did all the videos the photos um would shoot my girlfriends all the time and showcase people like this is how they could look a lot of my girlfriends have their photos on their model cards which I'm stoked about so once I realized I could actually capture an image of a girl my size in a cool manner I'm like you guys are just idiots that you're not doing this just um, not taking it seriously. Just not taking it seriously. I remember when I would call in clothes, when we would mm-hmm. do fashion pieces on, on television, and I remember how difficult it was even then. Yeah. And everyone would just say, They would no, stop at a size it. 12. Yeah. Like, I, I'm like, I would love to wear your stuff, but I can't fit a 12. Like, I'm a 14. Yeah. Insane. And recently you started a campaign about boycotting Victoria's Secret because of their non-inclusive shows. Mm -hmm. And it was such a big deal because so many girls were getting involved in this consumer-generated campaign for each other, which Mm -hmm. is such a beautiful thing. In the end, Victoria's Secret ended up coming out and saying that that we didn't want to see that on the runway. How did that make you feel? Oh, so pissed off. Um, It actually – I knew it was coming – uh, this is the first time in my career I've been in the game long enough to know that Ed Razik would actually say those comments because he has before. Um, so when Third Love, the lingerie brand, contacted me to do the We All Angels, we came up with the idea, the um, the petition together because I said that to him. I literally said Ed Razik will dig his own grave because he hates plus-size women, mm. which I hate that term. So he hates women in general, because I'm not plus size Mm. and I don't think any woman should deserve that tag. And a Victoria's Secret have such a platform. Imagine if they sent down a curvy girl or just any different or a size 10 or a 12 Mm -hmm. or a 14 or any, like it just gets boring after a while. And I used to buy their brand. They sell my size, Mm. like show us, you know, show us how your brand is actually going to look on a body that's relatable. And I think all those girls are beautiful. Half of them are my friends, Mm. you know, (laughs) so like I'm campaigning against, like, I don't want, I didn't want to feel like I was campaigning against them. I just want inclusivity. 
which that's, is not hard. No, and that's what you were really clear about, and I think that's important. It's not about not being one thing and yeah. all the other. It's just about being everything, not yeah. about... I think they're beautiful. Like, use them all you want. Just use some extra, like, different, like, use some different curves, like, use some different body sizes. I don't know why we've gotten so um, particular about it, to be honest, and... Yeah, it's it just got too too extreme. I've seen too many girls so frail to even continue this job. Some of my girlfriends like had to quit because their bodies couldn't handle it. I mean, asking girls just to starve themselves. That's first world problems. There's mm. actual people starving in this world. You don't have the choice. Yeah. Yeah. And it also means too, you know, the body, you know, they may make the decision now up until they're 25, but what happens after that when they want to have a family or not have a yeah. family, they want to do a different career, they, it just it hinders them from those choices in life and that's yeah. kind of a, an odd thing. It's a weird kind of cult to be yeah. running in the world today. <laughs> well, I have an autoimmune problem and so the fact that anyone is starving themselves like that and damaging their bodies in that way. I'm just like, why? Mm. You could, you really screw yourself up. And it's just, I can't believe it's high fashion. You know, I've seen girls like just about to collapse and everyone's like, you look so good. Yay. And I'm like, she's dying. She's dying. <laughs> Quite clearly she needs to eat something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in the sort of wake of that, how have you felt? Do you feel like you want to keep taking on these kinds of things? Do you feel like that's important for you or do you feel like you don't want to always have to fly the flag? How do you feel about that moving forward? Um, I'm confident in my um, outspokenness sometimes. Like I, if I believe it, I'll say it. I say how things are. I'm quite honest. Um, in terms of my own career, I have a lot of passions and hobbies, so I keep myself busy and keep out of my head that way. Yeah. I love making electronic music. Um, you know, I love designing. So it's good because it gives me that funnel of I can get all my angst out, all my anger at the fashion industry. And I can take it out in my art. Um, but I'm also really thankful. You know, this is a career that has shown me the world. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you know, i I'm actually like very grateful. Very, I've been to over 50 countries. That would have not happened unless I was modelling. Mm-hmm. And in 2015, you had your little girl, Ripley. <laughs> how has that changed you? Kashni, how have you changed since <laughs> your child? I mean, yeah, I mean, you, your whole life does a 180. Um, mm-hmm. You went from New York to LA. I, you know, went from fashion-y to gardening. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. it's beautiful though. It's, you know, I, I was thinking last night, I kind of had a panic attack because my daughter wasn't there and I was trying to hug her. I love my daughter. She's everything to me. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely, it's a whole new world. And it's just, yeah, it's a whole new world. I think too, now that I've had my son, that I look at things just differently. Like things are more important to me now than they were before. Just some things, you know, like I have a little boy, but if I had a little girl, sometimes seeing things just kind of makes me feel a little bit, oh, we're still in this zone of kind of unhealthy and scary. and With things you notice with girls too, and this has already started with my daughter and I'm like, oh God, it's like, it's just little words. Like she's so big. You know, and I'm like, she's, and I would just correct her by saying she's so strong. Mm-hmm. You know, she's tall for her age. Um, just like, it's those little things that I know are going to affect her in life because they affected me when I was little because totally I was so agree. tall yeah. and big mm-hmm. as a presence. Mm-hmm. So I just try to reiterate to her that she's so strong. And she says it now and it's awesome to hear. She's like, I'm strong, I'm beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, you are, girl. <laughs> like, that's it. Because confidence, I mean, men get given it in spades mm-hmm. when you think about it, when they're children. They don't have half the battles girls have and they don't have to rely 
even they don't have to do all the look stuff even I mean they have their own problems too I'm not discrediting boys at all totally because I think you know I want equality for all um but I think girls definitely have a harder ride yeah I even think it's important and it's just from personal experience about the way that we talk about food in front of kids like yeah how we talk about treats and things Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm not like I don't really believe that talking about treats like having bad food isn't really a treat for the yeah. body, like no, it doesn't make sense I think to me. Giving your kid lollipops, like I can't, you know, my daughter will eat an avocado like a piece of fruit. Mm. You know, I'm really holistic. I'm really into gardening, to composting. I make my daughter come out and compost with me. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I wish I could do it. I just, I really do wish I could. Yeah. I need well, some, there's some community. There's some community <laughs> composts I've seen that I've tried to entice my sister to do. She has got a little city garden going on in Sydney. Um, I think I'm impatient. Yeah. <laughs> I think Compost that's takes I mean. a long time. That's right. But you have such beautiful dirt. It's worth it. I know I'm talking about dirt right now and you're like, what the hell? But it's really beautiful dirt. Um, but yeah, great vegetables. You're mm-hmm. you know, full of nutrients. I also think too about girls seeing celebrities posting quite sexualized shots of themselves on social and then calling it feminism or embracing their body and things like that. And I wonder if it means the same thing. Like, I don't know if we need to do that to be proud of our bodies. I've got no problem with nudity, but I wonder if it's actually this, it makes sense, you know, that I'm being naked in a G-string so that I can show I'm a feminist. It it just seems confusing to me. What's your take on that? Well, I've just posted a lingerie photo of myself. (laughs) So I have no clue. Um, no, I, for me, because my body is my job, it's, mm. I've got a different view on it. Um, I think feminism is just, like I said, equality for all. Agreed. I think if you want to post a photo, you have that right to, and people can live their own lives. Like I just watched RB, D, RBG, mm-hmm. um, Notorious yeah. <laughs> Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh-huh. It was epic to watch mm-hmm. and to see a, a woman really create um, feminism basically and create equality in that respect was such a liberating moment for me to watch because we only got the power to vote, you know, 50 years ago. So women need to know that too, like own your feminism but also fight for it, fight Mm -hmm. for equality, fight for your pay, your equal pay and things like that. And you can post photos if that makes you feel good, you know. But I do worry about the young girls getting on the gram and seeing yeah. all that. Um, a bit of mixed messaging, I find. Like, yeah, it's I think little... post whatever the hell you want. But also the 70s, everyone was naked. Yes. So I see pictures of those and I'm like, <laughs> at the same time, like, maybe, and guys are doing it too. Yeah, so as long yeah. as it's equal for me, I'm like, all right. Like, yes. our bodies are our bodies, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. We're humans. We're like flamingos. <laughs> we like to show off. <laughs> That's true. Have you ever not gotten a job, do you think? I mean, it's hard to know, but have you ever not gotten a job because of the stance you've taken on something? Oh, 100%. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, I've even turned down jobs because I haven't believed in the product or thought what they were selling was bad. Like, there's been a lot of, like, you know, food companies come approach me and I've just not been impressed by the ingredients and things like that. So, um, yeah, I think... But like I said, it's important to own your voice. It's important to stand up for who you are. Otherwise, you're just, I don't know, sheep. Mm -hmm. And it's honest, but it is brave, especially when your livelihood of your family and you, and obviously your husband works, but it it revolves around. He's a stay-at-home dad at the same time. Oh, is he? Is he? I thought he was working. Okay, great. Good on him. He works occasionally, but he's he's a stay-at-home dad. It's a hard job. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I do both. Like sometimes I'll like, you know, I'll stay at home during, because modelling is sporadic and I completely can understand um, 
but yeah, he he's the stay at home guy. It's awesome that the hustle of a stay at home is so intense. Yeah. I take my hat off to anybody yeah. who does it. A hundred percent. Yeah. Me too. And I find myself, you know, questioning as a parent, am I doing enough for this? Am I doing enough yeah. of that? Is he at the right, you know, whatever level, whatever. And my mum said to me the other day, actually, she's like, he's fine. He's happy. He's fine. Yeah. He's, in, he's playing with other kids. He's yeah. got everything you want him to. We put so much pressure on ourselves. Yeah. Do you find yourself doing that? All the time. Yeah. You know, pressure to keep the house clean, pressure to make sure she's getting enough nutrients, pressure to make sure she's getting enough activities. But she, my daughter's really happy. And my um, mother-in-law, I don't even know I'm not married, I just say it because I'm used to it. She complimented me the other day saying how impressed, just happy Rippy was. And um, that makes me feel so happy inside. It's the ultimate compliment, yeah. isn't it? Happy child. Happy child. And you're doing something right. <laughs> What do you think are the biggest lessons that you can – I mean, you've learned a lot because you've been in an industry that's all about a lot to do with physical appearance and also your voice. That's a lot of, a big part of it now too. What do you think you've learned, the best tools or lessons you've learned for Ripley that you'll give her when she kind of hits teens or even just before that? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I definitely want her to stand up for herself. Like I said, just using words differently, like you're strong, you're beautiful, you're equal, you're smart, you're intelligent – um, I want her to know that she can be capable of doing any hobbies, you know, because of the videoing, I've been like doing some commercials, being the director and stuff. And it's nice to be a female on set behind the camera. You know, it's nice to be the person amongst the men for once. And yeah. I did some stuff for Sports Illustrated. I videoed for them. It's on Amazon. Like I love being able to be the behind the scenes person. So I want her to know that she can also, she doesn't have to be, a star in front of the camera to feel like she's beautiful. I want her to know that she can do any job she wants to do, That's anything awesome. that makes her happy. I'm going to copy and paste that into what I told myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is interesting, isn't it, though, in those industries in filmmaking and production and television production, all kinds of production, that it is quite a male field when women use more of their creative part of their brain. So it's, it is it is a creative field, but it's mm-hmm. mostly male-dominated. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? Yeah. And actually, I will say this. So I've been blown away by the amount of females on sets and crews of the last two years, just Great. the last two years. It's been incredible. Like before then, I'd never had a whole set of females. And, you know, so I, the shoot that I was a part of for uh, Sports Illustrated, it was all-female crew. And I was just blown away by that. And it was such a liberating experience to be like behind the camera, in front of the camera, dictating the shots. Like it was awesome. What a rush. Yeah. (laughs) You're living in the US in a time that still seems like it's quite a strange, like ultra reality with Donald Trump being the president of the United States. (laughs) So embarrassing. (laughs) What is that like living over there? For Aussies who, you know, we see it play out in television and mags and everywhere else. What is it like actually living in the US under that kind of rule? Uh, It's horrible at the moment. And it's not that bad, but it's like, for me, I care about climate change. And so his view on climate change is absolutely appalling. So that's my my panic button is climate. And so the fact that he got out of the climate agreement, I just want to like, I want to shake him and show him the realities um, of our climate because that's the most important pressing issue today. So yeah, it's an embarrassment. America was a great country, a great country to live in. I love living there, but I'm just like, why would you get Trump in? Why, 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 why? Mm-hmm. But you know, there's all kinds of things going on too there was collusion there's bloody lawsuits there's distractions like the whole federal shutdown right now is just a massive distraction for what he's really doing um so yeah it's an interesting time to live there but you cannot access one news page without trump 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 all day 
We have to talk about your, in 2015, when you were diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. And what's that like, the symptoms day to day? Um, now it's more manageable. What has it been like for you as an experience? Um, it's been eye-opening. Um, it's really challenged me the last few years. Uh, but I'm feeling now actually really good, really on board with trying to just fix my health, like really focus on diet and exercise. And because autoimmunes, like lupus is the great imitator. It does all kinds of weird stuff. Like sometimes I'll feel like I have arthritis, like I'm having this bloody seizures. Like it's way more serious than I even gave it credit for. I didn't think it'd be that bad. And then and other times I just feel great. And I think, I think, I think it is curable. I've been told it's incurable. My rheumatologist told me I couldn't do anything for my body to help it. And I just don't believe that. So I'm on a mission to see if I can cure it. Um, but with blood results too, I'm not going to take this lightly because I know autoimmunes are really serious. Um, but yeah, really increase your omega-3s, girls, if you have um, lupus or an autoimmune, really increase your omega-3s and decrease your omega-6s if you can. That's what I've been, helps with inflammation. Mm -hmm. And your fall, you had a fall, you had a seizure, you had a fall down the stairs. It was really serious. Um, and you chose to share that. Why? Well, just, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't ashamed, didn't want to hide it. Um, felt it was really important to know because like I said, I didn't know enough about lupus to know that I was going to get seizures. <laughs> so other girls with lupus need to know that they could get seizures. Um, and I wanted to do it as a healing process because I, I just didn't want to go to my first casting and then just being like them just shocked at my face. And I wanted to feel like confident. So they were pre-warned. Yeah, it's out there. It is it's what it is. There. It happened. Yeah, this happened. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, but I'm like I said, I'm, it's still definitely a struggle. It's not easy to have an autoimmune. Um, but like I said, I, I don't believe it's incurable anymore. I'm on a mission to cure it. It feels like it's more and more common that autoimmune diseases are out and at least out in the press, at least out in the world that we kind of live in and we're hearing more about it. Do you think that more and more people are being diagnosed or do you think that finally people are getting answers for what they've been having, what they feel like is incurable pain and discomfort for? I probably think the latter. Mm. Um, also, the f it might be environmental reasons. I don't know. It For me, there's, a, there's so many reasons, but I think it's the latter. I think... Because with autoimmunes, you don't have any statistical evidence of people dying from it because you could die from a stroke, for example, and you've died of, for a stroke, but lupus has caused the stroke. So it's one of those things where you just have to, um, yeah, just manage it as best you can and, yeah, just hope you're not alone. There's a lot of forums to go on if you feel alone. And like I said, I think, I think there is – I've had this one doctor – claiming she's cured her lupus, um, trying to see if it's actually true or not. So I'm doing her program to see if it's true or not. And if it is, I will scream it out to the world. Yeah. You've, um, throughout your career, which has been such a great career, you've had so many great jobs and so many great campaigns because you're you. just such a good chick and you deserve it That's and you're beautiful. You. Um, but uh, in that time, there have been moments where – I'm sure there have been trolls and things like that that have come for you and had comments or made comments about your fall and all that kind of thing. How do you s switch that out when you're so in tune with women all over the world and you really, you know, you really respond to your followers? How do you switch out the, the negative noise? Um, sometimes I, you know, like I said, with my, I, I was worried about putting that up because I just didn't know how it would go. I was worried that they would just rip me apart because I have been ripped apart. People were actually really sweet and really um, supportive and just 
I think they were shocked that someone had come out honestly for once. And so I was flattered by the, they really, people really helped me heal. Cause like, yeah, I've been ripped apart so many times in media. Like I remember once this is possibly the worst. I was eight months pregnant and someone had said that I'd considered an abortion cause I didn't want stretch marks. Oh and my God. I just, and the comments that ensued were like 500 and they were just disgusting. Like I was eight months pregnant and I'm cov- I've been cov- covered in stretch marks since the moment I was, you know, 10. I'm giant. Like, I just couldn't believe it that that would, you know, like, and I'm I'm okay. If you want an abortion, that's your choice. But I wouldn't put it purely. On somebody yeah, else. I wouldn't <laughs> purely be like, oh, because I, got this, I don't want to. I'm like, no, God damn, there's a lot more to a child than that. Jesus. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I know what it feels like and it hurts. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I don't feel a thing. No, it hurts deep. It hurts deep. And, and you're hormonal and you're bloated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was a dark time for me. Um, and then you've got the birth to come. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah, I, you know, my partner's really sweet. He really helps me and he's, he really stands up for me and he makes me feel really beautiful. So those moments, I have to say, my partner really pulls me up. My family does too, my sisters. Um, that's why you really got to surround yourself by positive people that actually care about you as a person, not just your physical appearance. Have you learned that the tough way about having the right people around you? Uh, yeah, because, you know, funnily enough, after um, when I after that article and stuff, actually I did cut a lot of people from my life that weren't serving me any favours and I felt it just, yeah, it's – like you said, your life goes through a 180 when you have a child too. And I think it's not a bad thing. I think sometimes you go through growth and people are in a different time. You know, you've you've changed, but they haven't. Um, but you sometimes come back and you see them again. You're like, hey, what's up? <laughs> like it's, yeah, but I did definitely cut some people. And to finish, is there anything that you've done that you would like to do differently? You'd like to have done differently in the past? That's a good question. Maybe not going down that staircase at the time that I <laughs> fell down it with the seizure. Um, but, yeah, I try to live in the moment. I have a really bad memory thanks to my seizures and head trauma, so I am very much in the moment. Silver lining, right? Yeah, that's what my partner says. He's like, you have it so easy because you're so in the moment. And I'm like, really? I'm not sure, but... Yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember. So who knows? <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, Robin. Thanks, Keshni. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Raw Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to like, rate and subscribe. And of course, share with friends too. On our next episode, we're speaking with fashion commentator Elle Halliwell. Elle tells me about leaving work in tears, about fashion snobs and about swearing in front of the sun. We'll see you then. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 